Welcome to the Raising Grace podcast. This is Sheila's take. Here I, Sheila, give my thoughts on things. Thoughts come up all the time, all over the place thoughts. Here I'll give you a little snippet of my brain. Sometimes they will be serious, other times funny, sometimes spiritual, other times not at all. Take a peek through this small window of my brain. I'm not an expert in anything and I don't have any fancy titles. I'm just a human trying to figure things out as I go. Join me. Today is Valentine's Day, and so I wanted to share with you a piece that I wrote on a day when I had a three-month-old, a three-year-old, and a six-year-old. A mother's love is powerful. We will kill ourselves for our children, and it is worth every second of it. It's 3 a.m., I'm sitting in our well-used rocking recliner, nursing my baby for the second time tonight. With my eyes shut, I can feel her warmth as she snuggled in close to my body. I smile. This is what my dreams are made of. Soon, she stops suckling and wiggles her body in a way that begs me to stay here in the dark with her just a little bit longer. Sleep can wait, I think. For it is this very moment I have dreamed of. I decided I will need my energy in the morning. So, I tuck her into her sleep sack and place her back in the crib mattress. See you soon, sweet girl. I head back to bed where my husband permanently sleeps with a pillow over his head now. While we shared this dream of a family, he doesn't share the enthusiasm for the infant stage. I curl up under my blankets, making sure my weighted blanket is pulled up over my shoulders and instantly fall asleep. I wake up to my morning Pandora alarm. Ed Sheeran encourages me to move my body into an upright position. I look for my husband, but he's already left for his morning swim. After 10 minutes of avoiding the inevitable, I get up and get moving. It's 6 a.m. I start in the baby's room, sweetly nursing her, while I catch a few more moments of quiet. With my eyes closed and the lights out, The oxytocin lulls me into a trance while my Pandora music keeps me from drifting into a deep sleep. I open my eyes to see my three-year-old daughter staring at me. What are you doing, mommy? She asks. I'm feeding your sister, I say. She seems satisfied with that answer. She lays down on the floor and starts rolling around to wake herself up just a little bit more. Looks like today will be an easy morning with her, although I know that toddler emotions can change at a moment's notice. Her brother will be much harder to rouse. I'm sure of it. I dress the baby for the day. Definitely something soft with a hood and ears. Those little barriers. Oh my gosh, they get me every time. She is just as adorable in a diaper though. I switch the music over to the kids channel and blast Move It by Reel to Reel. Then begin tickling my son in his bed singing, I like to move it, move it. Until he asks, begs me, till he begs me to stop. Some things haven't changed. It's the only way to get him motivated this morning. I threaten to tickle him until he pees his pants, so he gets up. It works every time. Well, most of the time. Sometimes he does pee his pants, and then he gets really mad at me, and we get into an argument, and then I have to apologize. But that didn't happen this morning. I ask him to get dressed and get his teeth brushed. He is six now and very independent, though if I don't watch him, he will wear the same pair of underwear all week long. I move over to my three-year-old now. She has decided it is too cold to take her jammies off, so I'll have to tickle this one as well. Luckily, she's wearing a pull-up because she will pee her pants. 
I'm able to wrestle her clothes off and get her teeth brushed. When they say dressing a toddler is like dressing a monkey, it is accurate. It is, it is accurate. A wild squirrel might be more accurate. When it's time to get dressed, we go back and forth for far too long on what color shirt she will be wearing today, but finally decide on the pink shirt with the kitty on the front and leopard print pants. I notice yet another hole in the knee and convince her to wear pink striped pants instead. I can't tell you how many pants we go through with this child. I've purchased pink shirts with about every animal on the front to help quicken this morning process, but it seems to have backfired and too many options to choose from. I consider fixing the pants like my mother did, but quite frankly, I got these pants secondhand and I really don't want to bother with it. So in the trash they go. The guilt for my increased landfill footprint is quickly diminished when I realize my shirt is wet from a milk letdown. I reposition my breast pads and look for my son. He has made his way to the living room where he is watching cartoons, which he is not supposed to be doing. I ask him from the top of the stairs if he has his shoes on, has packed his lunch, and has eaten breakfast. This is what is required for morning cartoons on weekdays, after all. He pretends not to hear me, so I continue with my morning routine, not wanting to yell this early in the morning. My husband should be home soon from his swim to help get the kids organized. So I'll let it slide while I get myself ready for the day. I should just throw something on or keep my pajamas on, but I want to feel a little bit more human than that. I do put on the most comfortable maternity pants I own and or one of the dozen pairs of black leggings that I own. Three months postpartum and I long to fit into my skinny jeans, but also I want to eat carbs and carbs always win. Leggings and a long purple shirt matched with my black fall vest. I'm comfortable and I'm not wearing pajamas. Perfect. I can't remember when I showered last, so I'll dry shampoo my hair and strategically place my essential oils in the stinky places. I should try to remember to shower tonight, but I hate going to bed with wet hair, so maybe I'll wake up early tomorrow morning and shower, which is what I tell myself every single day. As with most days, I braid my hair to keep it out of my face and out of the baby's hands or mouth. Plus, people think I spend a lot of time braiding my hair and I get a lot of compliments, so I'm going to keep doing that. I brush my teeth not nearly as long as I make the kids brush their teeth, and I take my morning vitamins. While shaking out my thyroid meds, I remember the doctor telling me that I shouldn't take them with food or other pills, but how will I ever remember to do that? So I take them with a handful of vitamins anyway. It's probably fine. It's now 7 a.m. My husband is home, flipping off the television and getting my son to get his shoes on and lunch made, asking him yet again what he would like for breakfast. We need to leave in 30 minutes. While this may seem like a long enough time to get shoes on, eat breakfast, and pack a lunch, it inevitably is not. Yet somehow, my husband manages to help me get the kids fed and out the door while also managing to take a quick shower and make his morning smoothie. How does he do that? The kids are sitting down to breakfast now with no shoes on, but at least the cartoons are off. I place the baby in the swing and start hunting for shoes. She is now old enough to know when she wants to be held, which is apparently right now. So I find one pair of shoes, toss them at my husband to place on our three-year-old's feet while I make breakfast one-handed for myself. I ask my son what he wants for lunch today, since it is clear he will not be able to make our departure time with lunch made or shoes on. Now. For the one millionth time I let him know that school lunch is delicious, 
I am willing to pay whatever the cost is. Please just eat school lunch. He insists that school lunch tastes like doo-doo gaga, and he will not be caught dead eating that, whatever the hell that means. So I put a Lunchable, sneak in some carrots and grapes, and place them in his lunch bag. My alarm goes off. That, my friends, is the shoe alarm. We have 10 minutes to get out the door, and I know it will take at least that long to get their shoes on. My son insists on wearing his Nikes because they are the best, apparently. Without fail, they are yet again found on the back deck, soaking wet from the evening drizzle. Oh, son. It takes a good bit of convincing to get one of his other many pairs of shoes on, even though they aren't nearly as cool as his Nikes. I throw a pair of pink boots on my daughter and head out to the car, knowing it will take many trips to get everything I need in the car to make the five-minute drive to school with three children. I take care to repeat every few seconds, don't forget the baby, don't forget the baby, realizing I don't have shoes on. I put on a slip-on pair of shoes real quick while I carry the car seat and coffee out the door. One, two, three. Yep, they are all here. I start backing out of the garage when my three-year-old shouts for joy, Mommy forgot to buckle me in. Everyone laughs, but inside I freak out because I've done this before. I do this every single day. How could I forget to buckle my daughter in? And then, of course, as any good mother would, I think of all the horrific things that could have happened in that one-mile drive to the school had I not buckled her in. Thank God they say something when I forget. My son often tells me not to forget the baby, too, which I am very grateful for. Finally, we pull up to the school. I open the door and find that all of the children have taken their shoes off. So I spend the next two minutes forcing them back on the children, getting the children out the door to their school doors. I hand them off to their teachers and I carry that baby in the very heavy car seat, all the way back to my car, where I sit in the car quietly, take a deep breath, remind myself that this is everything that I have wished for. I am living the dream that I have always prayed for. I open my eyes and drive back home. I have approximately two and a half hours before my daughter gets out of preschool. What can I do in two and a half hours? I have a list, though. I have a list. I must accomplish something. So I could either wash the laundry or fold what has already been washed, but that's comical. I'm never going to do that. I could go for a much-needed walk, to which the dog would love. I could write. I love writing. I can only do one thing, though. And alas, the baby needs me. Every time I set her down, she fusses, even though I know it's okay for babies to fuss. The truth is, I've prayed far too hard for these little ones, so I hold her always. Nothing is better than this moment right now. No amount of doing or accomplishing, accomplishing can replace cuddling with an infant, with your infant. So today, we cuddle. It has been three years since this moment in my life. I can say with certainty that the morning routine has changed very little. Now they are ages three, six, and nine. Every morning includes the massive hunt for the perfect shoes, the perfect shirts, the perfect pants, the perfect breakfast, and convincing the children to eat school lunch, to which they refuse. Who knew the biggest challenge as a parent was getting the shoes on your children? 
Luckily, I have two fairly independent kids and one less independent but very vocal toddler. A mother's love, a parent's love, is so deep, so everlasting. But being a parent is so hard. I would die for my children, but I also feel I might die raising them. Parenting is worthwhile. It's such a hard challenge. It's never-ending. Just remember, friend, we are all doing the best we can. Let's give ourselves a little grace today. Mm-hmm.